just open our hands. Lord Jesus, we open our hands to posture ourselves. To open our hearts today. To receive the word of truth as you have already spoken to us. And as you continue to speak to us now. As you bring to us your word today. We open our hands and open our lives, open our spirit, open our, our whole being to receive from your hand. That which is in your heart to speak to us today. Come. Living eternal word, come. Speak to us now, we pray. The fullness of who you are in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This morning in pre-service prayer, I prayed a couple of things, and I believe that those have already been answered. One of the things I prayed for was that the Lord would contend with any religious spirit among us, and I think he's done that. Not too many times in a service you get to hear, holy crap, and uh, God's big butt, and um, so hallelujah, freedom. Thank you, worship team. The other thing I was asking the Lord for was that he would um, confirm his word before it was spoken, and he has done that through the testimonies, through the worship. So grateful. For those of you that don't know who I am, it's great. I've meeting people. I had met people yesterday in our Bridges to Ministry class who were coming for the membership class that I'd never met. Um, that's lovely. I like that. Um, I was gone the last couple weeks, and you miss a couple weeks, and you miss a lot. Um, thank you for praying for our family. Uh, we had a wonderful time down in Chicago and in Michigan and connected with our older daughters and uh, uh, as well as with just our immediate family, old friends, my parents, um, just lots of, lots of good connections, lots of good reconnection and restful and relaxing time. So thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you to uh, Tom and to Felix who faithfully brought the word in my absence. Um, so grateful for that. Uh, the song we just sang, thank you, Brenda, I was, I was coming up to tell Brenda, you know, I'm just not sure about the operatory time-wise, and she said, I, I was just coming to say, I really think we need to do the operatory. So I submitted, and uh, I'm glad I did, because that was just right. And uh, just a perfect lead-in to uh, what I want to share with you this morning. And I, I, I'm going to begin with a picture um, I don't know if you can see this. I hope you can from where you are. My oldest daughter, Emily, is married to Michael. Michael's family, his parents, um, live in Bismarck, outside of Bismarck, North Dakota. This is their house. This is their barn. This is their paddock. They live right on the Missouri River and where one of the tributaries of the Missouri River come in. And um, this is what their house looks like. Uh, you can't tell particularly from the picture, but they built a six-foot dike around the house. And right now the house is still dry. So we're grateful for that. They've gone through a lot. My, um, these are our friends as well as my daughter's husband's parents. Um, we just, we love them. And um, Veronica recently, in the midst of it, they're living in a camper. 
She had an emergency appendectomy. Um, it's just like this deluge of stuff happening. The other day, the other morning in prayer, the Lord gave me something, and I actually sent an email and shared with them, and I believe it's for us as well, and it come, comes out of some conversation that Emily, our daughter, had with them uh, in the context of what's going on with this flooding. And I think it's a word for many of you this morning. Um, one of the things that the Army Corps of Engineers, and you've seen this on the news if you followed it all in the flooding, is they're trying to sort out and figure out um, how to adjust the flow, the dikes, for the purpose of, you know, they gotta, they got to release a certain amount of water to, so that, so that the, the dikes don't burst completely. Um, they're, they're, they're trying to calibrate, you know, they're doing everything that they can from a natural human perspective to keep things operating and functioning uh, well so that it doesn't completely bring destruction. So one of the things that they decided to do was to dramatically increase the flow of water coming out of the dikes. And they warned the residents that with that, that it would very, you know, potentially that this would have, you know, a, a drastic impact upon them. But here's what happened. When they dramatically increased the flow from the dikes, and there was, you know, I don't know, millions of gallons just pouring out per second out of the dikes, instead of the water level in the river rising, the water level in the river actually began to drop. Because here's what happened. When the intensity of the flow in the river increased, it blew through sandbars. It blew through silt. And it began to actually dig a deeper channel for the river. Dan said one of his neighbors who goes fishing has a favorite fishing hole. Normally that fishing hole is 15 feet deep. He said it was 50 feet deep when he went back to fishing there. So here's the word of encouragement to you today. It may feel like all around you, your circumstances are just, this, this is your life. But I want you to know that the increase in pressure in your life whether it's circumstances or, and also there's, there's kind of two pieces to this word, I believe. The other is we're in 90 days in his presence. We're asking for the increase of the flow of his presence in our lives. And when that intensity of his presence increases in us, or when the intensity of the flood of circumstances increases in our lives. I want you to know that it is God's heart not to destroy us, not to simply overwhelm us, but He desires to dig a deeper channel in our lives to increase our capacity 
to receive the fullness of what He has for us. Get it? I shared the, this picture. Um, I didn't have the picture with me, but the prophetic picture yesterday morning at Leader's Prayer. And Kathy Astrike said, well, I just was reading Psalm 93. I feel like there's a confirmation there, and it certainly is. I'm reading here from the New Living Translation. It says, and this is right along with what we've just been worshiping. So this is the word of the Lord today, as Brenda shared earlier, and, and all of the different words that you've heard this morning and the songs and the words. This is the true word of the Lord. Psalm 93, the Lord is king. He is robed in majesty. Indeed, the Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. Your throne, O Lord, has stood from time immemorial. You yourself are from the everlasting past. The floods have risen up, O Lord. The floods have roared like thunder. The floods have lifted their pounding waves. But mightier than the violent raging of the seas, mightier than the breakers on the shore. The Lord above is mightier than these. Your royal laws cannot be changed. Your reign, O Lord, is holy forever and ever. And as Chris was saying earlier, ever and ever and ever. So if you're feeling the the way the flood rising in your heart, in your life, in your circumstances today, you're feeling the, the presence of the Lord rising in your heart and life today. And you needed to hear that word today and you you just need us to agree with you in prayer. I'm going to ask you right now to just stand up right where you are. Stand up right now. Stand up. Stand up. Just stand up right where you are. Okay, grab hold of somebody nearby you. I was going to have the people sitting down and stand, but there's more of you standing. So just grab hold. We're going to agree together right now. Jesus, we agree together that, Lord, your purposes are good. And that, Lord, your desire for your people whom you love with an everlasting love. is not to destroy. But your purpose is to increase the capacity for your life to flow within us. So Lord, we just say, keep doing, Lord, your work in us. Deepen the channels. Dig deeper the channels of our heart. Increase our capacity to hear from you, to see you, to know you, to receive from you. Increase your life, O God, among your people today. Lord, we speak life today. I speak life, Lord, in this house today. Life. The life of God to flow. Jesus, come. 
come with your life. To the one who is so scared, come with your peace. To the one that is so grieved, come with your comfort. To the ones who don't know how they're going to make it, provision. The one that is hurting today, healing. To the one that is loved, salvation. To the one despairing, hope. To the one bound, freedom. Spirit of God, come in your fullness here now. Come. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord. Amen and amen. Several weeks ago, we began a series that we're doing this summer in concert with our 90 Days in His Presence. And the series that we are doing is called U-Turn, Breaking Through the Roadblocks to Life. This is a year of return, and we believe that it is God's heart and intention to bring us back to Himself and to bring out of our lives all that He has deposited within us, that He will get a return on His investment in us. So I want you to keep that picture of the flood. I want you to keep that picture of the dike opening up and the river flowing and the channel going deeper and the... And the um, sandbars and the silt being blown away. Because that's just another picture of God breaking through these roadblocks to life. Kathy, can you put up the third? Go past the picture now to the third in the... uh, Thank you. So over these past several weeks, we've already been looking at several of these different roadblocks. And um, if you've not been with us, you can always sign up and get a CD uh, there's a sermon series CD in the back. Just uh, or, or sign up for that. Just sign up. You can always go to the website, BethelTwinCities.org, and you can download them. Uh, they're usually loaded up within the week or within a couple weeks of when they've been spoken, and encourage you to do so. The first week, we looked at breaking through the roadblock of rejection with experiencing the spirit of acceptance, the adoption that has come to us because we are children of God. And you heard that word this morning as well. We are together collectively the daughter, the only daughter of the Father. Um, Tom spoke on the issue of shame. 
and breaking through that roadblock in our lives. Last week, um, Felix, uh, another of our elders from Bethel, Minneapolis, spoke on unbelief and breaking through that unbelief. This morning, we're going to be looking at apathy. And I just want to give you very quickly a heads up on where we're going in the weeks to come. We're going to be looking at pride and lust and fear and disappointment and unforgiveness. These other roadblocks that block us from experiencing the full life that Jesus intends for us. In John 10.10 it says, The enemy comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come to bring life and life to the full. So if you're experiencing less than full life, there is more that God wants to do. There's more that Jesus wants to release into your life. And today, we're going to be looking at breaking through the roadblock in our lives of apathy. So, you've all heard this old question that was asked of someone. Are you ignorant or apathetic? The answer, I don't know and I don't care. All right? Are you ignorant or apathetic? I don't know. I don't care. What's our definition of apathy? What's a, let's just try to bring this into focus for just a moment. Apathy is a lack of strong feeling or interest. It shows up as indifference, complacency, a very old word, Acadia, and sloth. Apathy is a lack of strong feeling or interest. It really is that I don't really care. The issue with apathy is that it robs us of our appetite for God, our zest for God, our interest and enjoyment in God. It stops us from seeking God. And that means that we will not find Him. Apathy is different than a lot of other kinds of sins. Apathy is a cold sin. Unlike others which flame hot, it's, it's, a, it's a coldness in our heart. I thank you so much for, for bringing that testimony this morning. Thank you. That was just right. Where we've closed our hearts... God. Pascal said that there are three kinds of people in the world. Those who have sought God and have found Him and now serve Him. Those who are seeking Him but have not yet found Him. And those who neither seek Him nor find Him. The first, those who have sought Him and found Him are reasonable and happy. The second... Those who have sought Him and yet not yet found Him 
are reasonable and unhappy. Those who neither seek Him nor find Him are unreasonable and unhappy. The big distinction, the eternal divide, is not between those who have found God and those who have not, but between those who seek Him and those who do not. For all seekers find. Everyone in the second class eventually goes into the third according to the Lord's own promise. Apathy or sloth is a mortal sin because it puts us into the third class of those who do not seek Him, nor do we find Him. You see this? It robs us of our appetite for God zest for Him, our enjoyment in Him. The root cause. We need to understand this if we're going to understand the antidote. Our lack of an appetite for God is a result of our filling our lives with other things. We are busy, our lives are overfull, yet often our activities seem meaningless and we feel empty and bored. I had a nickel for every time. I heard the words, I'm bored. We live in a culture. We have people who have $10,000 entertainment systems. 783 channels, and there's nothing to watch. cramming our lives with all of this stuff. And yet, it's boring. It's meaningless. Yes? You understand? This is apathy. So what is the solution? Hunger for God. The solution to apathy is increasing our appetite for God. There's only one thing that never gets boring. God. The God-shaped vacuum in us is infinite and cannot be filled with any finite objects or actions. Therefore, if we're bored with God, we'll be bored with everything. St. Augustine said, He who has God has everything. He who has everything but God has nothing. And he who has God plus everything does not have any more than he who has God alone. These old guys can teach us some things. <laughs> Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Jeremiah 29, you know the scripture, it's so familiar. Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14, which is coming up in a moment says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, 
plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Listen, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find you find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. This has been the word to us all morning long. It's the word of the Lord. It's his heart of return crying out to us. If you will simply seek me, if you'll simply say, I want more of you, the answer to this is not complex. It is not brain science here that we're doing. It's heart science. It's heart work. It says, I'm just going to open the door. Just open the door. It's all he's waiting for. It's not hard to get back into the flow of God and of his spirit. It's not hard to break through apathy. It feels like it's hard because it's like fighting against jello. You can't you, you can't get through it. But the way through it is simply to open your heart to the heat of the Spirit of God, which will melt that jello when you come to Him and you simply say, Jesus, I need you. Help. He's right there ready to come. Let's receive this morning some prophetic instruction from the Word of the Lord around this out of Revelation chapter 3, 14 to 22. If you have your Bible, please open there. If you don't have your Bible with you, you can take the Pew Bible, which is located right in front of you, and join me in turning to page 869. 869, Revelation chapter 3. Love to hear those pages rustling, or in some of your cases, your little devices going zing, zing, zing with whatever it is you're doing. All right? As long as you're not playing solitaire. All right. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot, cold, nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you, buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich, white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness, Salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches." Now, many have noted, and I think it's accurate, that of all of the seven churches in Revelation that are addressed by the Spirit of the Lord, it is the church at Laodicea that probably is most closely, most closely pictures the, the state of the church in the West and in America. So this morning, I, I, I want to invite you for just these remaining moments to really tune in and listen carefully to what the Spirit of the Lord says here, because it really provides a roadmap for us 
to break through this roadblock of apathy. If you have your bulletin, the, the scripture's typed right in the top, so you, you'll have that with you. And there's also a place for you to take sermon notes. And I'd invite you to take sermon notes this morning just so that you can remind yourself of this, because if you're like me, you got a really good forgetter. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. Psalm 93, which we just read, affirms his rulership over all of the world. And he is the Amen. He is the the final yes of God. He is the one who is the faithful and true witness. And he is the one and he alone who has the capacity to accurately look at our lives and say, what we truly are. He sees beyond whatever mask or veneer we put on. You can't hide from him. (laughs) So don't even try. It's not worth it. He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. Now, we need to understand just very quickly the, a little bit of the context. Laodicea was a city that was, was very prosperous. It was built up on a, on a plateau. It had wonderful fertile fields. And uh, we'll talk a bit more about some of the specifics about this city. But, but one of the things that this city lacked was a water source. There was no natural water source by or within this city. Nearby, there was a couple of water sources that were that were exceptional. Up in Hierapolis, about six miles up to the north, there was um, hot springs, natural hot springs, which people went to, to actually, if you've ever been to natural hot springs, they provide a certain level of just physical healing for people. They, um, you know, you can go and soak in them, and there's remedial effects to that, and, and, and so people would go there. And it's actually from Hierapolis that Laodicea would, they, they built... Um, aqueduct kind of channels, you know, pipes that that came from Hierapolis and brought the water down to where Laodicea was located. But by the time the water got there, it was filled with lime and it was lukewarm and it was not so great. (laughs) Nine miles to the east was Colossae and that Colossi was known for um, its lovely, cool, cold, you know, from the land of sky blue waters, whatever that is. Okay, there's more non-religious stuff. That's an old beer commercial. All right. Um, Anyway, so, you know, but that spring water, the natural spring waters that people would come to and, you know, it would be the kind of thing you'd fill up your water bottle, take home with you because the water was so Laodicea didn't have either of those things. Now, for many years, I think people kind of mistranslated this and they said, thinking that God was saying, I'd rather you were with me or against me. I'd rather you are hot towards me or cold towards me. God doesn't want anybody cold towards him. The issue isn't about spiritual temperature. It's about spiritual usefulness and fruitfulness. I wish that you were either hot, providing 
healing for those who needed spiritual healing, or cold, providing refreshing for those who were spiritually dry and needed refreshing to the Lord. I wish that you were useful and fruitful. I wish your life had something within it that provided life for those around, because I've come to bring life to the full. And I want my people to be a life-giving people. But because you are not life-giving, because you're just lukewarm and tepid, I am ready, and the word here is very strong, much more than spit you out. It's vomit, hurl you out. I'm ready to, to vomit you out. Ouch. These are not the words you want to hear from the Lord. I don't want to hear those words. God help us. You say I'm rich. Laodicea was the richest town in its whole region. All the banking had gone there because it was agriculturally wealthy. And so the banks followed. So they had all the money that they could need. I have acquired wealth. I don't need a thing. And, and, and their wealth was based, on, again, on their agricultural prowess. And they grew this sheep, these, these sheep that were, were known. And they, through breeding and selective breeding, they, they developed a wool that was the finest black wool that you could find. And they would create these beautiful clothing and garments and sell them all over the empire. And they were known for this. And they were also known, they had a medical school there. And that medical school was known for its ear ointment and its eye salve. Their eye salve was, was known known to, to provide healing for eyes and was, was again spread throughout all of the empire. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, blind, and naked. The first step back out of apathy is to recognize our true condition. That we are lukewarm and wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Confession is simply agreeing with God about what He says. And this is what He's saying about the church at Laodicea. I believe that this is what He says about much... I mean, and He loves His church. But this is much of the church in the West... And God help us, even in our own lives, in our own heart, in our own corporate life together. God, we do not want to be saying, look at, look at all that we have. And have Him say, this is your true condition. He goes on and He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you become rich, white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness, salve to put on your eyes so you can see. We need to receive His counsel and discipline those whom I love, I rebuke, and I discipline. Not to punish us, but to correct us and to bring our lives back into proper alignment and orientation with Him and His heart. Embrace His rebuke. Embrace His rebuke and buy from Him His gold, 
His white clothes and His eyes have. His gold refined in the fire, as First Peter says, your faith is being purified as gold that has been refined in the fire. Buy from Him His faith, the reality of dependence, utter and complete dependence on Him. By His white clothes, your attempts in your own strength to make yourself acceptable to God, Isaiah says, are like filthy rags. It is His and His righteousness alone that will allow us to be dressed in white clothes. We are blind and we need His eyes have. That I pray, Paul said, that the eyes of your hearts might be enlightened that you might know. He wants to open our eyes to see fully who He is. Our inheritance in Him. Our life in Him. Buy from Him His gold, His white clothes, His eyes have. And if you don't understand all of what that means, ask Him. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. One of the most famous scriptures and uh, verses in all of the scriptures. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. He's speaking this not just to an individual, though it's, he does speak it to our hearts. He's speaking it to that whole church. He's saying, open the door of your heart to me. Turn around. From your back to the door, turn to that door and there's only, in this door, there's only a doorknob on the inside. He will not break that door open. You must open it to Him. He is there knocking. Please, open, open, open the door. I'm standing there. I'm knocking. Open. And the result of this is amazing. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I overcame and sat down with my Father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The inheritance that we get through this is deepening communion with Jesus and greater kingdom authority. I don't know about you, but that's what I long for too deeper communion with Him and that greater kingdom authority to do the very works that He has said that He would do through us. Do you hear His voice today? Longing for you to return. He longs for you to return. Longs for you. Worship team, come on up. It's going to close with this scripture. I shared several weeks ago. The Lord gave me a prophetic word a couple of months ago. As clearly as I know how to hear from the Lord, I heard him say, and it was back in the fellowship hall after one of the youth meetings, just Pastor Ben and I were there. And I heard the Lord speak into my heart. The zeal of the Lord is here. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish he will not be denied. And one of the scriptures he gave to me connected into that specific word was this word from Isaiah chapter 55. 
Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God and he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declare the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. Listen to this. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. He will not be denied. He will accomplish his word. He will do it. And the promise that this particular scripture in Isaiah 55 ends with is this. You will then go out in joy and be led forth in peace. And the mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree. Instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. Jesus. He has a call upon this congregation. That calling is to radiate life and joy as a house of prayer for all nations. This is the calling. This is our identity. This is our destiny. The way to break through apathy is to know your identity and know your destiny. Your identity as a child of God and your destiny as being created by Him uniquely to do good works which He has prepared in advance for you to do. That's true individually, that's true corporately. And it comes when we recognize our true condition. When we receive His discipline and counsel. When we repent and return to Him. And then receive the inheritance that He has given to us. This is really a corporate word. But of course it has individual application to all of us. So, I'm not going to try to manufacture any response this morning. But I want to give an invitation to you today to respond. Because the Lord is here. He's been speaking to us these last couple of hours. We don't rush things around here because we just, it's just worth taking time to be with Him. It really is. So we're going to sing a song in response and in a moment, I'm going to invite you to stand up and then after we sing this song, I'd like to ask you to stay while we sing this song just in response and I'll give a benediction. But if you need to come and, and just turn to the Lord and open the door of your heart to Him today, maybe for the first time, maybe all over again because it's been a long time, and you realize that your heart and your life struggling with complacency or apathy, boredom, dullness, lethargy. Today. Today the, the path is clear. Come and receive. Just open your heart again. So can we stand together and if you'd like to come and respond, 
please do. The altar is open. Sometimes when you have a coal, the fire, it's not just, it, it just, there's a, there's a buildup of creosote just because it's being used. It's not always sin that blocks us. And maybe even creates the apathy in our hearts. Sometimes it's like the use, and, and we're so busy, we're so active in the Lord. We just need to, to be refreshed in Him again as well. We just need that fire to come fresh again in our souls. So perhaps that's for some of you as well. So whatever, you, you just come. The worship team is going to continue to worship in a moment. For those of you at the altar, there is no rush this morning. In fact, I'm going to ask others who are in the congregation, um, prayer team folks, uh, elders, other leaders, you know who you are. Come, uh, ask the Spirit of the Lord who you should come and pray with. But there's folks, perhaps just that you would want to come. Please come, step out right now. I don't want to have to uh, urge you again. Just come and step out right now. Begin to pray with folks. Uh, there's a lot of folks here at the altar, so just please come. And uh, I'm just going to pray a prayer of benediction right now. Could you just open your hands? Let's pray right now that each and every one of you here in this house and all who will hear this message, I ask the Lord to pour into your life an overflow in your life. The immeasurable love of God the Father. The irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son. The inexhaustible strength, comfort, power and hope of the Holy Spirit. Be with you and yours as you go from this house to your house. Sent to make disciples of all nations. Sent to declare this life in Jesus. Go with the goodness and favor of the Lord as a banner over your life. That His grace would chase you down. And until we gather again, either in this house or our eternal home, I bless you, people of God, in the name of Jesus. Amen.